what is happening actually what what is happening you are locked on baylor your daily podcast on the baylor bears part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. Thanks to Cam and Brandon McKinnon for running the show yesterday as I was on flight to Seattle, where I am today. I was 30,000 feet in the air when I watched Baylor lose to TCU after having a massive lead in the first half. And even late in the game, felt like up by four with a minute and a half to go, had the game in hand, and then the team didn't anymore. When I when I pose the question, what is happening, though, it's not just for men's basketball. It also applies pretty much everywhere else. Um, the women's basketball team is finally caught back on, and you're seeing them play at a higher level. And we'll talk about that more this week and next week as it hopefully isn't the only positive we have this time of year for Baylor athletics, but is becoming a, a more glaring one. For the men's basketball team, though, for the football team, for for what we've seen in the last four or five years to now, what, what is going on? Like I, I I took a moment when I finally my plane landed, and I I just looked in the mirror and thought, wow. Take in contrast this year compared to last year, the same time. Okay, today is Friday, January sixth, and. Baylor Athletics this time last year was fresh off a 12-2 and season, winning the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, bl- blowing out, if you will, Ole Miss, holding them just seven points. I don't care who their quarterback was. Baylor dominated that game. The men's basketball team was in the top 10, had spent so many consecutive weeks in the top 10, would continue to do so. And we thought was we thought that team was a, a contender for a national championship, much less like a Sweet 16 or an Elite Eight even. And... And that's like January 6th of last year was not a good day for America, by the way. Not great. January 6th didn't mean to select that date. But in Baylor athletics, it was spectacular. And I I sit here and I wonder what, what happened. We felt like the football team was going to be better. We felt like the basketball team was going to be better. And there were points... Um, that you things you could point out to say, hey, here are the reasons why. I think basketball, especially, and now the team is 0 and 2 in Big 12 play. The, the sky is not necessarily falling, but they are dangerously close, especially with West Virginia and Kansas State, two really good teams on the docket. They're dangerously close to falling out of the top 25 or even starting 0 and 4, 1 and 3 in Big 12 play. And I, I can't help but look and think, what is going on right now? Or did we take it for granted when Baylor was really good? Is anybody kind of pinching themselves and saying like, yeah, Baylor. I mean, I see all of the message on Facebook. Like, oh, you know, we got this. We, you know, Baylor's good. We're going to be just fine. And I think for a large portion of that, that's true. But also why has it, has it come to this? Like, I, I can't really find an answer for what has brought the athletic department from where it was a year ago to today. Again, it's not terrible. Baylor could be in a spot like a cow. Go to Cal and ask them, like, hey, how's your athletic department? They're having a lot worse time. But this, in comparison to where Baylor has been, is weird. I've been in college now for, like, you know, for those that don't know, unfold the curtains. I've been in college for almost four years. I graduate in May. My first year, Baylor goes to Sugar Bowl. All, all I've known pretty much is Baylor's success. The football team's been really good. The basketball team's been really good on the men's and the women's side. Baseball, uh, softball's been really good, too. Volleyball's been insane. Like, I have just been 
so spoiled with really good Baylor athletics. If you're listening to this show and you went to Baylor 20 years ago, I, I'm sorry. I know it was a lot different then, but now this year is my first taste of Baylor just not being elite in football, men's basketball, both of them combined. And I don't really know when when you figure it out. You you think on the basketball side that your home game against TCU, who's a really good team, but a home game you're up by 15 in where LJ Cryer is playing really well. Keontae George is at his highest level. You think that's the moment. All right, everything snaps and it clicks. Well, it didn't. In football, even the Kansas State game at home, Baylor 6-3 and three on a three-game win streak. They just won on, against Oklahoma and Norman. You think, okay, that is it. This is where everything clicks. Baylor's going to be good. And every moment that the athletic department and these major teams has had to click, things haven't gone right. They've they've lost these big games. And I keep I keep wondering why. Maybe it's a blip. Maybe this is just for football, a random bad year. For basketball, a couple of bad games in a row here. But even that, like I haven't even seen that in the last three years. And Makes me think too, like take you back to 2017, where gosh, Baylor wasn't very good at, at football. They weren't very good at really anything. They weren't elite at anything pretty much outside of women's basketball that year. I won at 11 in football and the men's basketball team kind of treading water. And I, uh, yeah, that wasn't very fun, but you kind of, you kind of saw that coming, right? Like the writing was on the wall there that Baylor at some point in that span was due for something where they were just not elite in those sports with the coaching change of football recently off a scandal. You've, you knew like it was, it was there. Baylor's not going to be very good for a second. This January 6th of 2023 is a spot where, okay, Baylor is removed from scandal. Baylor has been good already in both sports. They've won a national championship in basketball. So why the writing wasn't on the wall for Baylor to struggle like they've struggled in those two sports why is it happening? And I get it. There will be many of you. I know. I know exactly who you are who will come in and say, oh, you're just spoiled. You don't get it. And, and you know what? You're right. I, I am spoiled with Baylor being really good. But what? why is it a problem? Why is it a problem to expect Baylor to be good? I have now come into, into that sect of Baylor fans that have asked the question, like, when can we be good, know that we're good, and expect to be good? When can that happen? It should be now. It shouldn't be, oh, you know, Baylor lost a few games, but at least it's not 10 years ago. No. This athletics department under Mac Rhodes has taken a step into the threshold of we're good. Baylor is good. You can have a chip on your shoulder, be cocky as a fan base, and expect to win. At what point will Baylor fans expect to win and accept the disappointment that comes with losing? Because that's where I've got Baylor is losing and losing at a higher rate than I am used to in the last couple of years where I've been most connected with the program. And I am disappointed by it. I think that's that's at least the sign of a healthy program. If I was at Cal, if I was at college at Cal right now and they were losing every game. So like, yeah, yeah. So. I'm not disappointed because I knew it was coming. That's what's going to happen. And a large portion of that has, has put Baylor behind the punch when it comes to things like NIL. I've, I've really been, been thinking in the last few days, especially on these flights. stuff. by the way, I know for those that are watching on YouTube, I'm wearing a UNC jacket. I don't like it. 
Uh, Isaac Shade from UNC was on the show earlier this week. But again, I flew here and I'm like out of clothes. So this is it's pretty much what we've got at this point. I'm sorry for that. Um, for those that are listening, that, that doesn't matter to you. But this NIL deal, when I think about the big names in Baylor, in the big Baylor donors, the Fudge family who donated so much money to build the new athletic facility, the the Fosters, Paul L. Foster, the Herds, you know, Mark Hurd obviously has passed, passed away in September of 2019, but his wife Paula is still a very big Baylor supporter. Drayton McLean is up there too. Like th- that list of names goes on. So there have been people in the past that have said, oh, you know, Baylor athletics, Baylor fans, these these boosters don't have enough money. Oh, that's not true. Um, take a look around campus once or twice next time you're there. Take a look around Waco once or twice. Chip and Joanna Gaines have a billion-dollar industry in Magnolia. The money is there for NIL, but why is it not being poured into athletes? Why is it not being poured into these, these brand deals and deals that will get players paid so that Baylor can get – a higher caliber of athlete while still valuing the Baylor mission, you can give a kid a little bit more money to play football for you. Because if I want to value, if I really value the Baylor mission, but the Baylor mission gives me $30,000 and the Oregon mission gives me $850,000. Like I don't care what your family circumstance is. That's literally a no brainer. That's an $800,000 difference. And I'm not saying that that is exactly what happened in cases like Austin Novosad's, but uh, guys, I can only imagine it's probably pretty close. It's, it's speculatory. Yes, but I think that's what it is. So, Where's the disconnect? Why of the big money that exists at Baylor is that not going to the athletes? Build facility after facility, build a welcome center, build this, build that, have the Give Light campaign. You remember the Give Light campaign? Raised a billion dollars. Now, tuition has steadily gone up. It's over $50,000 now for just tuition. You have the Give Light campaign. You have all this money being poured into new facilities, and you have billions of dollars that have been donated with tuition still rising. So what so what are we doing? Where where when can the powers that be decide take this money that we have and give it to the athletes? One thing that I love, shout out Mark Hurd. Mark Hurd loved tennis. So what did he do? He donated so much money for the Mark and Paula Heard tennis facility. It is one of the premier, like uh, TCU plays tennis at a glorified high school tennis court. Baylor plays at a world-class renowned facility. The Gettermans who donated to build Baylor softball stadium and that entire complex, the Turner Riverfront complex, baseball and softball, both unbelievable amounts of money that went into that. There is so much money there. And there are programs like men's tennis that out uh, that that out. What am I, what am I trying to say? What do the girl scouts do? They sell cookies for sponsors that the, the more sponsors are pouring into men's tennis than football right now. My theory, and I think I could be off base, but I think this is what it is, is that all of these big and powerful donors that are giving back to Baylor in these capacities, whether it's academics or welcome centers or, or even, you know, more, even your your tier two athletics, as the ESPN analysts would call them, your non-football sports, they don't know what it's like to have a good football team. Like if I was at Baylor from 98 to 2002, 
I probably wouldn't have gone to very many football games because you knew it was going to happen. It was going to be embarrassing and it wasn't going to be fun. And for the schools like Cal, whose football team sucks, people that are going to the games are going to the games because like, look, dude, I can go buy a beer at the game and watch us get hammered while I get hammered. Bada bing. And so whatever. Baylor, you, you can't do that. You're kind of sitting in misery if the team is bad, which they have been two out of the last four years. So maybe maybe that's why. Maybe that's why you're not getting these, these NIL deals from these big, powerful donors because when they were in school at Baylor, football wasn't necessarily valued or they didn't feel like football was the, the apex of the university or it wasn't putting the university on the map. So is there a commitment to NIL right now? No, I, I don't see one. I mean, you could you could hear Baylor say yes, but I, I've talked to plenty of players and parents that have said Baylor's behind the punch in NIL. I've talked to national analysts that say Baylor's behind the punch in NIL, that Baylor's behind the punch in recruiting because there's just not that that extra fire, that extra spark. And maybe that comes from a history of not being an elite program in college football. Like There's a reason Nebraska sucks so hard but still has such impeccable NIL money is because they've got history in football dating back to the Tom Osborne era. Baylor's got Grant Taft, but they were never at a national championship level, and you're seeing that unfold right before your eyes. I think TCU is in a very similar spot until they got to this college football playoff where I can't imagine their NIL deals match anything close to Georgia. I can't imagine they do, but now this team's good. They're they're going to. They're going to invest in NIL. They're going to make the decision to pour donor money back into student athletes. I I want to know when is that decision made on Bay for Baylor? Does it take going to a national championship in football for the road to flip there? Does it take winning another national championship in basketball? Like if again, if I'm an athlete, there is a there's a line. There is a yes. I want to go somewhere that's person over player. I want to go somewhere where I can grow as a man. That that's me. I check that box. But if I can also go somewhere that's like, hey, we want to, we want to help you grow as a man. We're also going to give you eight hundred thousand dollars. Why wouldn't you do that? When will Baylor say we'll do that too? We'll do that too. And this whole idea of I hate seeing college kids get paved. I hate that it's gotten as big as it has. Um, there are there should be more regulations than there are. And there are a lot of ins and outs and and things like that. So there are players, to kind of peel back the curtains a little bit, there are players who are not represented by an agent, by an NIL agent, who are going and signing NIL deals for cash. There are players that are committing tax fraud without knowing they're committing tax fraud, and that's not okay. There's not a, an overarching... Uh, the regulation to stop a lot of what's happening on that side of college football. So there needs to be a stop. But at the same time, if you are anti-pay players, then what's this all been about anyway? Because these players are making millions and millions of dollars for their universities every year, and they don't see a dime. So if that star quarterback for your team who makes $500,000 in NIL deals actually presents $500,000 worth of play for your program, then he is getting paid 500000 but someone else is getting that money. Circa five years ago, that's how it was going. So I, I think these players getting paid big amounts is, is fine in that they are making that money for their university. It's not the, it's not the, the strength and conditioning coach that should receive the million dollars that this player is, is generating in jersey sales out of your front office. I, I, I think that's, that's objective, that everybody would agree with that. And so players getting paid 
is is not a bad thing. This is not some kind of like unethical, like, oh, this guy's getting paid at Baylor. Like, we're, we're Baylor. We're a person over player. We're not going to pay you. No, you've got to jump on the NIL bus. You've got to be out ahead of the NIL bus before anything else. You've, you've also got, and I, look, today's, today, I have no show notes today. This is more of a ramble than anything, but I hope that there's some of this is coherent. You agree with part of it, at least. Another big part of this is, is brand. Baylor's brand a year ago was, in my opinion, better than TCU coming off of a men's basketball national championship. Uh, I don't think you can make that case anymore with TCU going to the national championship in football. That's if anybody goes to the national championship in football, that earns you a whole lot of brand points and a whole lot of money. So kudos to them for that. Uh, Baylor also a year ago was in in basically T- TCU's spot. The football team was top five. The men's basketball team was rolling through folks. And in a year's time, somehow, Baylor athletics and TCU athletics have almost entirely flipped when it comes to men's basketball and football, the two kind of primary sports at the top of that totem pole, which is tough for me. I, I did. I asked somebody the other day who goes to TCU. is like, look, man, you've, you've been there four years. Um, you guys sucked at... M- Pretty much not everything, but you sucked at a lot of things for your first three years, but you went to a national championship your senior year. Do you trade those three years of suck for a national title? He's oh, yeah, every day of the week, every day of the week that he was fine being terrible for three years, but meant senior year going to a national championship. I think I would say the same thing, by the way, if Baylor like was just awful for three years, but then it paid off my senior year and going to a national championship. Then I like I to my TCU counterparts, I have nothing to brag brag about anymore because like, oh, Sugar Bowl, ah, national championship. Oh, we basketball national. T- ah, yeah, we went football. So that, that stings in itself, but that's brand. A lot of that has built up TCU's brand and not just TCU, Texas Tech. Oh my gosh. Texas Tech's brand is growing, exploding. feels like Kansas State is starting to hit that threshold too. You're finally seeing Kansas State get become relevant in college football again and they're using that Baylor on the other hand when is the last time um and I, I'm really trying to think here like Dave Aranda doesn't use Twitter and your first thought my first thought kind of is like oh that's stupid why, why should he have to he does he does. It, it's whether I wanted to use Twitter or not, whether you wanted to use Twitter or not, or social media, Instagram, any of that, you have to today. To recruit players, you have to have a presence on social media. You have to have a brand on social media. You have to have some sort of swagger. And where, where is Baylor's swagger? That's what I ask. Where is Baylor's swagger? TCU, and I don't want to go on this whole rant about how TCU is doing things right, but you're seeing them breed success in the field and back it up with growing their brand. And you haven't really seen Baylor do that. And gosh, man, it it hurts how easy it is just to be active on social media, just to grow social media and, and become, you know, something that people across the country look at and say, wow, that place is cool. I thought that growing up, I thought with RG3, with everything like that place is cool. I love Baylor. And through my college experience, I've grown to love Baylor even more. This isn't a crap on Baylor episode because I have paid way too much money to Baylor to crap on Baylor. Um, But I ask, like, where did that go? 
Where did that go? How did Baylor get from RG3 Heisman Trophy? Like I, I want I when I was in seventh grade wanted to go to a university that was great at athletics at the pinnacle of sport and and put that out there. And it felt like Baylor was so good at that. The year of the bear, just the marketing of look how great this place is, and Chip and Joanna and everything. And we somehow went from that to I'm hunting for bears safari guy. <sighs> How? What happened? Where along the way did Baylor decide that marketing, that being cutting edge, being different, being outside the box, being on the front end of building a brand was was second rate to whatever else to safari guy when was that decision made when's the last time you watched that baylor commercial that comes on espn and thought that was a cool commercial where did that go um i don't i like i remember growing up to looking at baylor jerseys and being like, wow baylor's got the sickest uniforms in college football they've got something about them um baylor's just they're good at everything the feed the beaver all of that where along the line was that kind of stuff suppressed and how do you bring it back? How do you bring it back? Because it's the reason I went to Baylor and if I was in high school right now and I'm looking at schools like Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, like I, I, I look at the billboards for Texas Tech that say it's all West Texas. Are those the coolest things in the world to me? Uh, I look at the videos the TCU posts after the game, after they win that are like hypnotoed and all that jazz. Like that stuff's so cool to me. I, I wish... I wish wholeheartedly, like it, it really bothers me that Baylor isn't out on the front of that. Um, and you can, again, you can make the case like, oh, Baylor's really good at marketing. Baylor's really good at building a brand. Baylor's really good at being at the apex of college sports and putting themselves out there. But then I, I present to you Safari Guy. I present to you Bears in the Wild. I present to you um, the, the lack of social media content where you look at it and you go, man, that's I want some of that. That's some swagger. Um, not to say that, that they're the worst university in the world at it at all. No, but there is a market at Baylor. I really, I truly do believe so. There is a market again from fans to staff to creative team to know that Baylor is good and wear it. To know that Baylor is a great program and to wear that, to publish that, to push that, to let people know Baylor is good. And when Baylor loses, we are disappointed. That's that's what I want. I My TFNB champion for life, my bears in the wild, all of that stuff, the, the Whataburger fry challenge, everything. I like it's it's good, sure, but it feels like I'm back at vacation Bible school. And athletes that I've talked to in high school don't want to go to vacation Bible school. They want to go to a school that has, that is cool. And I, I, as a student still think Baylor is cool. I do, but I'm worried that I'm in a minority. I'm worried that that is becoming a minority of people outside the program who look at Baylor and say, wow, what a cool school. So what do you do? Man, I don't know. How do you merge a commitment to faith alongside trying to be, excuse me, badass? How do you merge those two? I don't know. It, somebody else is being paid a lot of money to figure that out, as they should be. 
Um, but I can tell you this, bears in the wild is not how you do it. I have to tell you, whatever's going on right now is not how you do it. I, I am a PR major. And at some point, these other schools that are being out there, Joey McGuire, who's attacking Twitter, who's attacking Twitter. I don't even want to use, I, I won't use Lane Kiffin as an example, because I think he's, he's probably a bad role model in a couple of ways. Although, never mind. Uh, Joey McGuire, though, that dude's just going. He's going. I mean, like, I'm going to win football games. He's high energy. He's high octane. He's on Twitter. Like, if, I, if I'm a recruit, that's cool. Texas Tech is cool. They've got it. If I'm a recruit, what does Baylor have? So, yes, again, that person over player matters. It matters a whole lot. But BYU is doing the same thing. They are doing person over player. And guess what? They are a really cool school. If you went to that game, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They have dope uniforms and the creative team's putting all this together. And I think they're, they're, they're doing something right. They're doing something right. Baylor has some work to do. So what happened? I don't know. I don't know. Football team was bad. Basketball team has been bad in the last week or so. And I, there has to be a point where it clicks and Baylor decides we're going to be good at everything. We're going to be good, period. And we're going to tell you that we're good in a nice Christian faithful way. Speaking of good, I think the goodest thing on earth is Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar right now, it is, it's, it's my new favorite snack because I wake up, I drink a bang, I eat a Built Bar. You got to try the Built Bar right now. If the holidays are over. The holidays are done. You want to be healthy, got to try Built Bar. That's it. It's tasty. It's delicious. Built Bars are so good because they're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but the bar tastes like a candy bar with only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, whopping 17 grams of protein. Don't wait around. Go get a box for New Year's Eve at Built.com. They're available at Walmart or Sam's Club. Grab a 13-pack at Sam's Club or a 4-pack at Walmart at Built.com. You can also grab your Built Bars. All right. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. It was 28 minutes long or whatever this is. Come back Monday. We're going to talk about a national championship that TCU is playing in. Maybe the basketball team will win this weekend. Too. This has been always will be locked on Baylor. Thank you for making it your first lesson every single day.